this week's episode off talking to you a little bit about timing, talking to you a little bit about energy. So last Monday, I had a laundry list of things to do. I was not done with them. The day before was Easter, I was traveling, and I just didn't have the stuff done that I wanted to have done when I wanted to have it done. My mom and her three sisters were coming into the city. They were going to have a day where they walked around, saw the sights, did a little shopping, and then ended the day having dinner in Little Italy. It was going to be beautiful. Now, I was home getting the work I needed to get done done, knowing that they were coming into the city at 1130, knowing I wouldn't be done at 1130 to meet them, and beating myself up the entire morning and early afternoon. I'm wasting my time. I should be with my family. Just beating myself up up as if I stole something. My brother's trying to calm me down. It's all right, Rock. Get what you got to get done, done. We'll meet them when we meet them. Finally, three o'clock rolls around. I'm done. I'm ready to go. They've been in the city for three and a half hours. Now, when we go to meet them, they're absolutely chilling. We walk up to them, they're laughing, giggling, leaning against the stone on the outside of Central Park, smoking a joint. They could not be happier. They did not care that I wasn't there at 11.30. They were just happy to see us. Again, their whole plan for the day was to just bop around, enjoy each other's company, and see a bunch of beautiful sights that New York has to offer. So once we saw that their vibration was chill, we matched their vibration. Our vibration's chill too. Let us get in on that joint. Let's walk around. Let's spend time together. My Aunt Maria suggests going to this beautiful garden that I want to say was on 105th Street. Now we're on about 60th Street, and the thing about my family is we don't mind walking. We'll walk all day we're walkers. So then my Aunt Debbie says, well, if we're going to go to this garden, we might as well walk through Central Park to get there. No sense in walking along the side of the street. And what is everybody absolutely game to do this? We're going with the flow, baby. Going where the day takes us. So we say, hell yeah, we'll walk through Central Park. So what happens when you have six stoned relatives who are giggling, enjoying each other's company, and walking through Central Park? Well, we're going to stop and smell the roses, more specifically the magnolias. We see a beautiful magnolia tree. We say, we got to take a picture in front of this magnolia tree. It's pink and it's beautiful and we're here. Let's take a picture in front of it. So me, my mom, and her sisters take a picture in front of this tree. My brother takes the picture. Now, you know when you're in a public place taking pictures, people are walking in front of you. They're doing the, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. There's a whole dance when people are taking pictures in the middle of a crowded area. So after my brother takes a couple shots of us, he walks over. The six of us huddle. We start looking at the pictures, saying the ones we like, the ones we don't like. We should take more. We should take this. And I say to him, you got to be in one of the pictures. He tells me, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I go, no, what? We're having a moment. You have to be in one of the pictures. Take a selfie. While him and I are bickering back and forth, my Aunt Dee says my name in a way that she doesn't normally say my name. It was stern. It was purposeful. There was some meat behind my name. So I lock eyes with her. I knew something was up, and I go, what? And in that moment, she says to me, Rock. There's Dave Chappelle. So I look over my left shoulder, and right before my very eyes, two feet away from me, is Dave Chappelle himself, walking right by us in Central Park, 
He had some family with him and a couple other random people I didn't recognize. And we all just stopped and we stared and we looked at him. We didn't bother him. We didn't ask him for a picture. But the only way I can describe his presence, it's what I imagine a lion walking through the jungle is like. His energy was palpable from 20 feet away. I mean, it was him. I've worked in New York for a really long time. I have to meet celebrities pretty often. And I didn't even meet him in that moment. And when I tell you, I have never in my life felt an energy like that. I have never in my life felt an energy like that. So all the time I spent being hard on myself that morning, criticizing myself, saying, oh, I should have had this done. I could have had this done. None of it mattered. Because the greatest living comedian of our time walked past me. And there's no way he didn't hear us bickering about the selfie. He walked past us in that moment. Everything every one of us did that day made it so we crossed paths with him. So if you're ever feeling like your timing is off or you haven't done enough, take a deep breath and trust the timing of everything. Because I promise you, with every fiber of my being, right now, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Welcome to the Rocky Rundown, where you get to learn a little bit about my week. Party God Squad, hello. Did you have a good week? I sure hope so. I hope spring wasn't the only thing that sprung, if you catch my drift, you little horn dogs. And you do, because you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't. And if you don't, well, I make sex puns. Often. So if you can't keep it up then you at least better be able to keep up. You dig? My week was a perfect spring week. Thank you for caring. And I wasn't the only one who had a good week. Justin Jones and Justin Pearson were reinstated to their seats in the Tennessee House. Yes, rightfully so. It happened so quickly after last week's episode was released that it made the intro I did old news almost immediately. But that's a good thing. That's a good problem for me and you, the listeners, to have. And it's one less problem that the country has. Unless, of course, you're a racist that loves mass shootings, then in that case, boy, oh boy, do I have bad news for you. You're gonna want to sit down for this one. No, 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 no. Don't sit on the toilet, buddy. Let's get your racist ass a chair to sit in. Oh, you're not on a toilet. You're just shitting yourself on a regular seat. Gosh. You racists sure are backwards and silly. Gee willikers. Congratulations to Representative Pearson and Jones. You are the best. Keep on fighting that good fight, babies. Speaking of racists, I have an interesting cop story I saw with mine own two eyes. I'm walking home the other night from a night out. My friend's husband is in a 90s cover band that plays in my neighborhood, and it's one of my favorite things to do around these parts. So when I was walking home, I had a real pep in my step, a little spring in my swing. And I got startled out of my joyful stride because a car pulled out of its parking space with the absolute quickness, full speed. It seemed unnecessary to me to exit a parking space with such, uh, vigor. 
but what do I know about how cars should be driven? I get paid 82 cents to a man's dollar, so I really should just get my ass back in the kitchen. (sighs) Anywho, as I got closer to my place, I noticed the little speed demon had been pulled over. I said a little prayer to a non-white Jesus that this man wasn't black and I pulled out my cell phone, J-I-C. Cops are so crazy. And I watched from my window while five cops surrounded the car. Oh boy. I have never seen a Fast and Furious movie other than the first one like a million years ago, but I'm pretty sure they don't get pulled over. That feels like it would slow down the plot significantly. The officers made the two people in the car get out, and instead of Vin Diesel, out wobbled Vin Unleaded. Yes, I did say wobbled, because he straight up stumbled out of his car. Drunk. I don't want to assume his ethnicity because I'm half black, but I've been mistaken for one of the March sisters on multiple occasions. But my money is on that this guy was full white. Let's recap, shall we? Sped out of his parking space as if there was a bomb about to go off that the rest of us didn't know about. Both him and his girl were stumbling harder than a pair of dice in an earthquake. And now, now everything I'm about to tell you is true. He yelled in the cop's face. He waved his hands and fingers in the cop's face. He threw his arm around his girlfriend and kissed her cheek in a way you only see in true crime footage before the woman goes missing. (sighs) The way this guy was talking to the police, there was a little part of me that felt bad for them. Then I snapped out of that. But you have to believe me when I tell you he was the textbook definition of disorderly. Then, in the midst of his erraticness, we lock eyes. Fuck me, right? A man who has full control over the cops, who is wasted and now knows where I live and that I've been watching his entire interaction, now locks eyes with me and says, Oh, these two got a front row seat. At this point, the lawless stand-in for Ed Norton in American History X had shown me that I didn't want to watch him anymore. Well, at least not from a window where he could see me. And you guys, they let him go. I don't know if he got a ticket, but a white dude who clearly was fucked up on something, they let him go get behind a wheel after he was belligerent as all hell. And he lived to see another day. So this is America, and it doesn't matter if he slips up. One of my besties had his nephew in town this week, and his nephew had never been to a drag show, so we took him to Lips, which is a famous drag bar that's existed for 25 years. Best of the best drag queens. To me, the show was way too short. The whole experience is only about an hour and a half, and I could have gone for three hours, but it's this big dance party, sing-along, a tiny bit of a comedy show. The drag queens have their one-liners. Thing about drag queens is they're going to be sassy to cis women. Oh yes, that is part of the culture. It doesn't matter. I once tipped a drag queen $20 at the start of the show and she still asked me when I was filming the next season of Real Housewives of New Jersey and not in a nice way. Maybe it was the leopard one piece. Maybe it was my four foot hoops. Or maybe it was my clip-on hair, but either way, my feelings were hurt in front of the group. Since then, I've learned to get drag queens to know I'm in it for the love of the game and not a fair-weather audience member. One drag queen did a whole medley to Britney Spears, and I just have to say shout-out to Britney Spears. 
She made us banger after banger after banger. And I just don't want you to ever forget what a motherfucking legend and a treasure she is, okay? Okay. A Friday night out in New York City with a 15-year-old cool kid. What is a wholesome yet memorable thing you can do? Karaoke, yes. That was exactly what I was going to say. Do you know how difficult it is to get into a karaoke bar with a private room on a Friday night with someone who isn't 21? Even if you have no intention of drinking, only singing and laughing, pure wholesomeness? Well, it's fucking impossible. In fact, you can't. Especially if you don't have a reservation. We had to go all the way downtown and I had to pay a bouncer $25 to get him in. And if you want to know what karaoke bar will let you in without ID, then Venmo me my $25 back, bitch. What the fuck? That brings us to Rocky's Highest Thoughts, my most stoned thoughts of the week. Number one, I bet you men who want to make all these laws on women's bodies would shut the fuck up if they had to change a day one or two for my clotters tampon one time, just one time. And that is how we silence men. Number two, and I think about this often, damn Rihanna, a song that catchy and you couldn't have added one more verse where you spelled out the word umbrella for us, I'm out here absolutely struggling. Autocorrect doesn't even know what I mean. Number three, hate to disappoint the single dads out there, but the only single zaddy's kid I would stepmom for is Drake. I'm sorry. And number four, snooze alarms are a lot like exes who aren't done with an argument. The second you find a little quiet, here they come interrupting your peace. And just when you think they're done yelling at you, two minutes later, here they come again. Making it impossible for you to get any sleep. My guest this week is comedian Marcus Monroe. Marcus's wild word was impulsive, which is always a great recipe for a wild story, so hang on tight. If you haven't done so already, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can follow me at Wild Nights with Rocky on TikTok and Instagram, at Wild Nights Pod on Twitter. If you want to watch extended interviews with all of my guests, please subscribe to me on YouTube. If you'd like to support the show with your wallet, you can join my Patreon for two or five dollars a month. Remember, five dollar a month members get a free weekly Irish lesson alongside me. A big thank you and a future thank you to everyone who's written and everyone who will write a review when this episode is over. It really does make a difference. And now, please enjoy my Wild Nights conversation with Marcus Monroe. Marcus, welcome. Thank you for doing the podcast. My pleasure, Rocky. Thanks for having me. First How of you all, doing? I'm doing great. I love I love your Tupac poster in the back. A friend made me a Jay-Z uh, art like that. I have that oh. in my house, so I love the Tupac. But I have something special for you. Oh, you do? I do. I couldn't find, I think I might have donated it. I couldn't find my InSync t-shirt. So the best I got is this. Justin oh, Timberlake. yes. Oh, Justin Timberlake. That era of the future sex love sounds yes. is probably my favorite Justin Timberlake record. Oh, it was the like, best one, yeah. Every track leads bleeds into mm-hmm. the next track. It's just like, it's like all very like what goes around comes around. Yeah. You got, I think she knows Love Stone. It's just like such a sexy back. Oh, that's a sexy back album. Just for anyone listening or watching, Marcus, you are a huge boy band fanatic. Oh, huge. It's too much. It's really? too much. Yeah. Sometimes I take a step back and I'm like, okay, I need to just chill out with the boy yeah. band thing for a little bit. Like yeah. I was even thinking today for this, like I have most of my t-shirts 
have a boy band on them. Well, that's why I wore this because I see you wearing them. Yeah. Like I was thinking for this, like, oh, I shouldn't wear a boy band shirt. I wear it too much. But maybe they're expecting that. Maybe they want me to do it. So I don't know. So I just wore a comedy club hoodie. I love it. But I I love thank you for wearing that shirt. Justin Timberlake, I have not met him yet, but he did like one of my jokes on Instagram. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. And it was it was about Chris Kirkpatrick as well. If you think I don't have that on the docket of conversations to talk about, you're wrong. Okay, all right. I have that on the docket to talk about. That is I can't, I just can't believe that um, Justin liked that post. That's so cool. It was so awesome. I couldn't believe, actually, someone pointed it out to me. I didn't even rec- I didn't even realize yeah. until like a couple days later. I was like, oh my God. All right. All right. I'm on the right track. If Justin Timberlake's liking my jokes, I'm doing all right. Have you ever met Joey Fatone? Yeah, I've kissed Joey on the mouth. Uh, I've kissed <laughs> Joey on the mouth? That's so funny. He, he, he kissed me a year ago. We were at this club and, um, Palm Springs. I was with my wife and he was with, we were with some friends and we went to this club together and he just took my face and went, and I was just like, all right. And the next day, Chris Kirkpatrick kissed me on the mouth too. It was amazing. Oh my God. You've made it through two fifths of NSYNC. That's really amazing. (laughs) It sounds like the way that Joey kissed you just from your setup, it sounds like on his end, it was pretty impulsive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I see what you did there. He, yeah. It was, he was just feeling the vibe and just went in for it. Well, Marcus's wild word was impulsive. So I'm dying to hear your wild night story. We're already vibing. Marcus, give it to us your wild night okay. impulsive. All right. This, there's a lot of backstory to go into this. So let's do it. I used to make a living doing professional juggling shows. Mm-hmm. Some people know this about me, some people don't. I would do crazy, crazy stunts on stage. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes would open for bands. Nice. And I was, I'm taking you back. I'm, okay. I'm in my 30s. This is tw- yes. 2007. Okay. 2006, 2007. I, I was asked to open up for Cake. Do you know Cake? The name sounds really, really familiar. Um, if yeah. you told me one of their songs, I'd probably remember, but I can't think of any songs that they sing. Oh, uh, okay. So they have a song called The Distance. Okay. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. Yes. It sounds very talky. Yes. Yes. And they also had a a song that was like, I'm a little stuffed up because I went to this party last night. So I'm a little (laughs) nasally. So I'm just like. You went to the party last night. You were at the comedy (laughs) cellar holiday party. You were at the party. I'm hurting. I uh, (laughs) I actually, I I behave myself, but I was just out late. Yeah. Um, they have a song. I want a girl with a short skirt and a long jacket. Yeah. yeah. This cake. So like the poor man's Weezer, pretty much. Okay. So <laughs> I was asked to open for the, open for them New Year's Eve in my hometown of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Sold out Riverside Theater. It's like 4,000 people. I needed to do something crazy at this show yeah because I had done these New Year's Eve shows before mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. It was all pretty tame. I actually got one review once that wasn't great it was like having a juggler opened up for this band would be like the flying karamazov brothers opening up for the rolling stones which i didn't really even know what that meant but i was just like okay it wasn't the right vibe so i needed to like feel the energy of you know like know my audience yeah so i bought no at the time i'm like 21 years old Mm -hmm. i bought a 12 foot tall unicycle Nice. I got on the internet. This guy in Indiana, who I think is now female, 
Okay. But makes these custom unicycles. Okay. So I bought one, came on at $1,500, 12 feet tall. It came on a train. That's how big it is. It got sent to my parents' house. So I was like, okay. So I know I want to ride this unicycle in the show. What else do I want to do? Well, I was like, I need to juggle fire. But I like juggling fire. And everyone's always like, juggle knives or fire. Like, I invented this prop called a norch, which is a knife and a torch taped together. Whoa. Yeah. It's one handle, but like they're taped together. So it's like the size of two with a knife sticking out and a torch sticking out. Oh my gosh. And then I decided, okay, so that's good. So people will love that. But I need something else. People go, damn. So I put a helmet on my head. And then I taped fireworks to this helmet. So it's New Year's Eve, right? Yeah. It's like I go to the theater at like noon for rehearsal. And I see this stage. I'm like, oh, gosh. When I was practicing this act, first of all, I never practiced with the Norches on fire or with the helmet exploding. I only practice in like a gym with no nothing lit because I'm practicing inside. I can't like light stuff on fire right. in a school gym. Of course. So I went to this rehearsal and I realized the stage was a lot smaller than, than I was thinking. The, the space I had to unicycle wasn't big at all. It was like a four foot plane I had to work on. Okay. And because they had like a drum kits, cords, wires, microphones, amps, all this like band, like they're a rock band. Tons yeah, of yeah, stuff yeah. on stage. My first rehearsal, I push off on this ladder. That's how I got on the unicycle. And I fell off the, uh, the unicycle like right away. Like yeah. I... I couldn't even get on. I like fell backwards and I like, I, I got the wind knocked out of me. It was really scary. Yeah. That so I was is like, scary. all right, I don't want to practice. I'm just going to do it at the show. And they're like, what? I was like, I just need to do it at the show. I don't want to practice. I'm going to get too in my head. I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to be too nervous now. So I don't want to practice. What an interesting pro- approach. Yeah. Because you would think that somebody would want to practice to try to see, make sure I can nail this rather than being like, fuck it. I'm going to wing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I was 20, yeah. 22, 21, kind of, of dumb. Course. No, I was on my yeah. parents' health insurance. You know, yeah, it didn't really lear- matter. Yeah, you're uh, learning. You're learning. I was always like one of those, like, I'm going to live forever kind of guys. Anyway. Yeah, it's working so, for you. I Thank you. <laughs> so showtime. I'm nervous. I already did one set on stage where I just kind of like juggled, made some stupid jokes. Yeah. And the audience was like on my side, but they were there to see cake. Yeah. And so this was, I'm like, cake's about to go on. And I, so it's my turn. I'm so nervous. I'm so, so nervous. I climb up this ladder. My dad's there. He's helping me get on the unicycle. Okay. Light my fire, my norches, my torches. The firework is exploding. My heart is beating so fast. I start juggling. Everyone's going crazy. They're losing their minds. Now, I say this story is very impulsive because... I, I finished juggling and it couldn't have gone any better. And I'm supposed to get off the unicycle. Now, I was supposed to go back to the ladder to get off the unicycle, but I was like, I'm feeling the vibe of the energy. So I just decided to jump off the unicycle. 12 so feet. I jumped off the unicycle. And that was the dumbest thing I could have done because that meant I had to land on the stage. And I did, but I landed on like the hardest part of the stage. And I broke both my feet at the same time during that fall. Both my feet just broke. Oh my God. And that's right before the cake show starts. Right before. I had no idea my feet were broken. So I jumped up and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like what's up? And then I realized, oh no, this doesn't feel right. Cause when you, I've never broken bones before, but apparently you got a lot of adrenaline. It takes a second for your body to be like, 
you're you're done stop yeah. walking yeah and so then i realized and this video of me doing this is on youtube you can kind of see the moment when i realized oh no this is no good okay um i went to uh the green room i crawled my yeah. way to the green room because i couldn't walk put my feet in these ice buckets that had like all the drinks and waters i was like okay i don't think anything's broken i don't see anything that's Off. that's bad yeah and so I put my shoes on and I'm, I'm like tippy I'm on my tiptoes now the only way I can walk is on my tiptoes because like my heels both of them are just done and then I'm like this is this is weird I go to the hospital the next day and they do like three x-rays find out my feet are just broken they were like you're so lucky you even got here we weren't you were so close to never like walking normally again oh my uh, gosh yeah pretty nuts pretty nuts and that was the last time I'd ever written that unicycle as well. And I still have it. I just, it just collects dust in my parents' basement. Yeah, a little. And now I do comedy and that's a little bit less (laughs) dangerous than me just on stage telling dumb jokes is way better. Oh yeah, a little bit safer than a 12 foot unicycle on a four foot plane. Exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh, that was wild. Thank God your dad was there too. Yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't really know what to do. None of us did. We just like, yeah, it was just just pretty pretty crazy. It was, we didn't think I was going to break any bones. The rehearsals went fine, except for that one at the the venue. But I was pretty comfortable on the unicycle. But it was just one of those things where if I just would have gotten off the unicycle the way we had planned, although it wouldn't have been that powerful on stage yeah it, it was more impactful the way I jumped off a little bit more dramatic yes um but uh yeah yeah that is crazy I will say uh with full confidence that I have never had a story like that told on the show and I've had some wild nights told um okay no- all right nothing like that that is absolutely insane and it just goes yeah. to show you especially performers in general we're such peacocks and like like live in the moment and live in the impulsivity of all of it and to just say, I know this is not the right move, but if it goes well, how epic will I look? Totally. And you got to take risks in life too. And that's absolutely. Like, and that's why I love Andy Kaufman so much. I'm a huge yeah. like Andy Kaufman fan because sometimes I think, oh, people aren't going to like this or my peers, my other comics are going to think this is stupid, but I think it's funny. I just got to just do it anyway. Just, you know, just put out the stuff that you like that you want to do hopefully other people will like it and start to watch you and follow you and appreciate the stuff you're doing yeah fortune favors the brave and honestly there's no one like anyone so you might as well just be yourself like if you have the opportunity to be yourself just be yourself well that was absolutely wild thank you so much for sharing that story my pleasure Um, do your feet feel weird now do you feel like they're they're totally normal that's awesome totally normal yeah they're 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 small but they're good they're small but mighty were you on crutches i had to lay in bed for a couple weeks i didn't move around much they couldn't really like boot both of my feet uh so i just kind of just had to be very careful i think i wore braces like little like heel braces for a while yeah the recovery was not fun the recovery is not fun I can't imagine it would have been but for you 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 started off doing juggling and obviously now you moved on to like a more extreme juggling to have a torch and a knife on the on the same plane did you start to do comedy because you found yourself being funny and quippy on stage yeah I think my my juggling show was always kind of funny so it was kind of like like I say I've only been doing like straight stand-up for maybe like four years but I've been on stage for my whole life yeah doing juggling shows so and and my shows were all always pretty funny even if I was doing like fire and knives I always found a way to make it funny 
to me, the juggling was always just a vehicle for the humor. Like I never really, I took juggling like seriously a little bit, but I, it was always about the jokes. I always preferred to go see a comedy show versus like a juggling show. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I yeah, just yeah. wanted, I just thought like doing stand up is really hard. And I didn't oh, yeah. think I'd be able just to do stand up alone without a crutch. Mm-hmm. pretty much but not you know I have for the last couple of years and it's been really really fun although very challenging of course yes but it's it's and there are times I wish I had a, I could turn around and just go to like a prop of a trunk of juggling stuff and just start juggling stuff to yeah. show people hey I have I have talent I can do, <laughs> I can do I can this do too dumb one of the dumbest skills I think in the world but whatever you know what I actually think about juggling I don't think it's that it's one of the dumbest skills okay I think that it's that it's very difficult to do so it's easy to label as dumb I mean I'm sorry it's very uh-huh. hard to do so it's easy to label as dumb do you know what I mean like it's yeah not- it's just so silly because like like at least with magic you're taking a blue cl- a cube and you're turning it into like a lizard with yeah. juggling you're juggling the balls at the end of it they're still just ball you know there there's nothing's changed <laughs> nothing's changed but there is a skill to it so people can easily be like oh juggling stupid but it's like juggling stupid but also you can't do it so right, maybe that's right. why you're calling i i had to take a clowning class in college the only thing i could do is juggle scarves so oh okay all but right that's, that's still not... I, I guess it's fine um wait in college yeah i went to school for acting so we had to take a what school did you go to adelphi Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. But uh, that was one of our core requirements was to take a clowning class. And um, that's awesome. So I had to do we had to like balance peacock feathers. I, I never made it on the unicycle because I was like, I'm scared. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, so you opened for this band cake. And I've also yeah. seen online that you've opened for O-Town. Yeah, uh, recently I did. That's crazy. I want to hear all about that. But anybody who doesn't know who O-Town is, I just want to give you a brief backstory. There was a television show, I guess, early 2000s, maybe? Yep. Called Making the Band, where this guy, Lou Perlman, put together a boy band uh, by auditions. And it was a weekly reality show that he put together by auditions where the boy bands like that would get plucked off. The guys would get plucked off. And then finally there was O-Town. Then one guy got removed from the band and they added Dan. And it was just great. And they sing songs like Liquid Dreams. Oh nothing, my God. The, all or Nothing? All or Nothing, Liquid yeah. Dreams. I mean, like their old stuff is great. Old Don't get me great. wrong, but their new stuff. And like people are like, wait, O-Town's putting out new music? I'm like, yeah. And it's like legit good. Like I've been in road trips with other comics and we're going to clubs. I'm like, hey, listen to my friend's band. They're out of Brooklyn. And I'll say that and I'll play some of O-Town songs. I'm like, oh, this is really good. Who is it? I'm like, ha it's O-Town. And they're like, oh my God. I'm like, got you. Yeah, like they're, uh, yeah, just go listen, Spotify, they're on there, their new stuff is so good, Giants is my favorite song, funny story though, uh, my buddy Trevor is in O-Town, and Tre- you're friends with Trevor? Yeah, and oh my he God. was over at my house the other day, and we, and I had a spot at the cellar, so he went with me, and then he just ended up crashing at my house that night, because he needed a, <laughs> he needed a spot, his, he had like a 7 a.m. flight out of uh, LaGuardia back to LA so we just stayed at my spot and I was like in bed I was like oh my god this is so funny Trevor from O-Town's upstairs and I, like and we were just hanging out all day but sometimes I'm just like wait what is my life right now like yeah. I grew up idolizing this guy I have a framed photo of him like 20 feet away um, oh my and he's just like the coolest dude and we just like hang out where we were editing uh videos together and dude we like we're like legit friends we get along great and uh 
you know, he, he lets me nerd out a little bit. I'll geek out like, oh, what's so tone up to, you know. And like, <laughs> Trevor, now I'm trying to think, I because I said Dan was the one that was added to the band, right? Yep. Okay, correct. so I did get that right. Not having any O-Town uh, refreshments for probably what, great. 20 That's years. Great. Wow. Um, so Dan was added, but then there's David. No, is that wrong? No, there's Eric. Eric, Jacob, Trevor, Jacob. I think that's who I'm thinking of. Jacob yeah. was the kind of like a little more edgy one. Yeah, yeah. He had the dreads. Yes. He's like yes. the white guy with the dreads. A little yes. problematic A little nowadays. problematic, but. But now I'm... he, he does, doesn't have the dreads. But I love his, he has like a very like raspy, yeah. sultry voice, which I really like. I mean, they all have great, very different, distinct voices. Um, yeah. And, they, yeah, and all... so it's just still still the same members. Yeah, Ashley is not in the group anymore. But I was gonna, um, I was gonna ask about that. I, I was it was funny though. Last year I went to my buddy's wedding and O Town was there and Ashley was there, and they were all kind of hanging out. Or not everyone from O Town was there, but a few, and they were all kind of hanging out together. And it was nice. We went to Del Taco together, and I was like, I'm with Jacob and Ashley from O Town, and everyone seems to be pretty cool. Yeah. So. Kind of fun. Also, just not to shift gears. Um, first of all, thank you for telling me all that O Town information. I will be listening this afternoon. I did not know they were putting out new music, so this good. is great it's music, good. great it's information good. to get. You have a Chris Kirkpatrick tattoo. Yes. What? How? Yeah. Why? And yes, yes, yes. But what uh, is the story behind that? If well, you're full sharing it. Well, for I'll show you. First, I got the, uh, I got the, wow. uh, can you see it? I can, yeah. Okay, it's tiny. I got this uh, tattoo like two years ago, just on a whim, because I thought it would be funny. But yeah. here's the thing. I got it at this tattoo parlor. It's like a legit tattoo, but they told me the ink will like disappear within a year. But it's been like two years now, and this okay. is still, still like on my body. Yeah. Um, so this might just be who I am now. Yeah. Um, but I've told Chris and I've shown Chris and he thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, he's a he's a really funny dude. When I was like growing up and I was watching in sync videos, yeah, and like they'd be on like the Rosie O'Donnell show or like you know, Regis and Cat and really Regis and Kathy in the Today Show. Chris would always make me laugh whenever he's on like a late night show. Like I yeah. always like he's just a funny guy, never took himself too seriously. And I really responded to that and my mom and I would always like watch and sink and be like, oh man, Chris is so funny. Yeah. And so I had to get Chris on my shoulder just because like he kind of helped. I, I found a, a sense of humor in that yeah. band and I thought it was kind of fun. Like they were these cool guys, but never took themselves too seriously. Yeah. And so it was, it was pretty awesome to see. You um, could tell that they had fun with each other. Yeah, you totally could. Yeah. And they still do. Like they're still yeah. clowning around to this day. So I think that's pretty awesome. I've been to Nashville with Chris. Like we're, we're buds. It's unbelievable. And did you become buds because I saw that you posted like, hey, Chris, I'm going to be at Zany's. You should come. But then he didn't come. But then he reached out to you. Yes. Yes. That was our first real interaction was yeah. that Zany's post I did because he had read the I sent. Oh, so I was performing at Zany's in Nashville. I invited yes, Chris yeah. and he had read the message but didn't respond. So then I went on stage the next night. And I was like, yo, what's up with your boy, Chris? He read this message, but didn't respond. I put that on the internet. Then he was like, oh my God, dude, I'm so sorry. I, my team read it. I didn't read it. Yeah. And uh, then, then he like reposted a video. Then Justin liked it. Then like two years later is when we like first met. It's pretty awesome. We've got together maybe like three times within the last year. 
That's so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. They're they're just like cool guys, normal people. You know, of he's course, got a, of a, course. A cool wife and a cool kid, and uh, yeah, he's living yeah. his his life and he's doing great. He was yeah. on Mass Singer. He did Cele- Celebrity Big Brother. Like, it's pretty sweet. Now, boy band, shifting gears just a little bit because I have sure. a couple more questions for you, and this is really a cool thing. But you're a grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah so that is true I'm in my 30s and I have a grandkid so my wife had a kid when she was in her teens before Mm -hmm. it was before it was cool yeah before there was a tv show about it or she could monetize it yeah then that kid had a baby Uh so my stepdaughter had a baby and it's incredible yeah she's awesome I love her you know so much both of them yeah. I mean, I have one, but my stepdaughter and my, you know, that we all get along great. Yeah. Um, she, her name is Poppy. She's a Aww. little over two right now and she can't say my name. So she's, she, we wanted her to, I didn't want to be called grandpa because I thought that would wreck my psyche a little bit if yeah. I was in my thirties and people, and especially in public, yeah. people being like, Hey, why is this young girl calling you grandpa? I'd have been like, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> So she calls, so we're going to have her call me Mr. Because that's okay. what Hannah, my stepdaughter calls me like, Hey, okay. is Mr. Coming over? It's just yeah. kind of a cute thing. She, yeah, started. Yeah. Her, she couldn't say Mr. So she calls me MIP, like oh. M-I-P. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's even cuter. Cause it's just yeah. like her personal way of how to, how to say my name. So uh, she calls me MIP and it's much less weird in public yeah. when she says that than gram- grandpa. Right, right, right. I'm assuming. So yeah, she's great. I'll see her in about a month from now. And yeah, she is the best. That's amazing. It's very cool. It is very weird when I'm like, this is my granddaughter. It was weird enough to be like, this is my stepdaughter. And we're five years apart. Right. It's even weirder to be like, this is my granddaughter. And people are, yeah. It's a really unique experience. Like you're, you know, you're so young, but you're, you get to be a grandfather and see so much of Poppy's life. Like that's That's so cool. People don't get that experience. So that's wonderful. And so what I was going to ask you as kind of like a button, if you have any grandfatherly advice, what would it be? Oh man. Great question. Never been asked to give grandfatherly advice before. I think a lot of people will say like, you know, their grandfathers are like different generations, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe, you know, they're, they're boomers now for the most part, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think a lot of the, the, the disconnect from boomers and like Gen Z, millennials even, it's just the, the constant like misunderstanding of, of things. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I think we would all get along a lot better if we just like understood people a little bit more. Yeah. So. I'm always just like, I just like, listen, I think the number one, like vice is just like, listen to the kids and just like, you know, listen, let them talk because kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit. And I think, yeah, I think Gen Z is doing like a great job politically of like trying to save this country a little bit. Yes, they are. Um, You know, I think passing common sense, like gun laws. I know this podcast isn't political, but I just mean like. Actually, my whole opening last week was about uh, the Tennessee Three. So I, I, I try to like, I have the opportunity to be political or talk about something I feel strongly about, then yes, I will. So don't worry if you need to get political. This is a forum for for that. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's like definitely uh, a thing. Just, you know, just listen, have respect for each other. You know, this is not just like grandfather advice, but just like advice as a person trying to survive in this world. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, just let people live their life. 
I think that's great advice. Thank you so much, Marcus. Um, Listen, listen, listen. And um, maybe to add to that, if you listen to someone, don't be so reactive. Maybe, you know, try to talk it out and see why you're on uh, a different, a different playing field because you might learn something. Yeah. Not everything is a personal attack. There it is. Not everything's a personal attack. Now, Marcus, do you have anything you want to plug? Any shows coming up? Yes. Yes. I do have some shows coming up. I have Boston, May 10th and 11th. I'm doing hideout comedy. Then in Milwaukee, May 19th at Turner Hall. It's a big, big show. I'm from mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Yeah. I don't want to break my feet at this show, but I'm doing it with <laughs> Pete Lee, who is a great comic, and Ben Seidman, my best friend. He's a magician, uh-huh. but he's really, he's really, really great. Um, I'm going to be in Baltimore in July. Uh, yeah, tons of dates. Go tons to marketsmonroe.com for, for more, or Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. Where can everybody find you on those? Uh, it's Mark. Just search Marcus Monroe. It'll, there you it'll go. pop up. It's Marcus J Monroe, but I had, you know, just search for, Marcus Monroe. For the government, we put the yeah. J in there. Yeah, it um, was my, yeah, exactly. Marcus, I cannot thank you. This was such a rich conversation. So I, I knew it would be super interesting and super great, but you exceeded my expectations. So thank you so, oh, so much. My pleasure. I'm happy to do it. Thank you for having me. This was a great talk and uh, hope it wasn't too impulsive. Oh my goodness. Is that what we call a callback? That was a callback, Marcus. It was a terrible callback. But yeah. I don't think so. It's I think a it was forced. Real, it's okay. It, I, it got me by surprise. All right. All right. It got me by surprise. Marcus, thank you so much. You and I will talk soon. Okay. Okay. Sounds good, Rocky. Thank you. All right. Bye.